Welcome to the Kenza Pod. Kenza Collective is a platform dedicated to educating, inspiring, and empowering parents who work for themselves. Check out kenzacollective.com to learn more about our mission and to find resources to help you on your journey. Together, let's reinvent what it means to be a working parent. My name is Tiffany Jones. I'm the founder and CEO of Kenza. Each week on the podcast, you can join me and our CFO, Beth Gummery, as we help you navigate the tricky business of working for yourself while also raising a family. We're honored to have you here with us. Let's get started. It's a difficult industry to get into, but once you get into it, it's it's awesome. It's fun. You'll meet a lot of a lot of people, and and there are a lot of people out there that want to help. So use use that as a resource. In our second installment of our So You Wanna Be A podcast series, where we explore how other parents out there are making the entrepreneur life work for their families, we sit down with Kevin Burgoon, real estate agent in the Sacramento, California area and father of two young girls. Ever since Kevin was in the eighth grade, he has dreamed about becoming a real estate agent. When his first child was born, he knew that it was time to take the plunge into working for himself so that he could create a flexible lifestyle and schedule that his family really needed. In this episode, we dispel the myth that you have to go all in on working for yourself, quit your job, take a huge risk, and just go for it. For some people that might work, but for others, it's just maybe not necessary. Kevin shares with us how he worked with his employer to go part-time while he built up his real estate business. He was able to provide health insurance and extra cash for his family while also pursuing his dreams. Win-win. Kevin's story is one of inspiration for anyone who is nervous to take the full plunge into entrepreneurship and is looking for maybe just an easier way to ease into it. We hope you enjoy hearing his story. We sure did. Hello, Tiffany. Hi, Beth. How are you guys doing? Good. Welcome. Yeah, thank you guys very much for um, inviting me on. I'm excited. As you said in the intro, I am a big fan. I think I've listened to um, all of the podcasts, so... um, I love what you guys are doing. Keep it up and thank you very much. Awesome. Well, thanks, Kevin. So let's get into it. Um, why don't you just start by uh, telling us why you decided to even go down this path? Was it something you had always thought about doing or how did it come up for you guys? Yeah, um, I was actually always interested in real estate. It was something that I've um, even, I know like an eighth grade class, I had a um, a scrapbook class that I took and in there I wrote, I wanted to be a real estate agent. And um, it was just funny looking back at that when I was kind of studying and taking the exams and tests to become a real estate agent. But the um, kind of the main thing was I still do, but I was actually a manager at Trader Joe's for five years. And I currently work there now part time with real estate, but I just go in in the mornings. I help out. I'm there from 4 a.m. I'm usually off by 9 or 10 a.m. And then I do real estate full time after that. But um, I was out there. I was commuting to Fairfield from Sacramento and it just wasn't kind of what I wanted to do. I didn't see, you know, any growth. I wanted to be a store manager, but to be a store manager, you ended up having probably to move out of the state. So I talked to my wife, Melissa, and we discussed, you know, maybe me stepping down, you know, getting my real estate license. But like you said, she does own a business with her sister, um, a salon boutique. And it was just kind of difficult to make that decision. Should I step down, lose some income while they're both running their own business and take that risk? And um, we kind of did the numbers saving on, you know, gas and time with me being home. 
um, it just kind of made sense and I made the plunge and I'm lucky enough to have a job that's flexible enough to work with my real estate, um, you know, needs because Trader Joe's has been very helpful. If I need to get off at 8 a.m. to go meet a client, they let me do it. And um, it's just, it's nice to have that. And I know most people don't have that, but it has been very helpful for my situation. So it's just, it was just the, the right call to make. I just didn't want to, you know, be at Trader Joe's 50 hours a week making a commute and having them tell me what to do. Where am I going to go? Because once you're in management, they kind of tell you, you know, where you're going to transfer, where you're going to move within the region. So I just wanted to take control of what I was doing. And yeah, I'm glad I made the plunge about uh, five and a half years ago. Awesome. So what is it like to kind of juggle those two jobs? And, and why did you end up staying at Trader Joe's sort of part time? Juggling it, it's actually pretty easy. Like I said, um, I am, I'm lucky enough to have a wonderful um, boss who understands what I want to do and my goals. So if I go in um, early and I, even that morning, if I go in and I'm like, hey, I need to get out of here at 9 a.m. I have to go meet a client somewhere at 10. No problem. They work with me. If I need to pick up some extra hours, they let me do that as well. And the main reason I stayed there is because benefits, my wife, you know, she works you know, she's her own boss. She has her own business. So benefits and um, just a little extra flexibility with income because with real estate, when I was starting out, it's just so up and down. It's very difficult. Um, it's something that's, you know, you, I'm, I'm sure a lot of people like watch on TV and see a few things. They're all like, Oh, this is going to be easy, but um, it does take some time to grow your, you know, to get some relationships, to get some um, word of mouth out there. And it just, it made it easier making the transition to, uh, to stay at Trader Joe's. And like I said, I get benefits for the family, um, healthcare and retirement. So, um, yeah, that, that's kind of the, the, the main reasons why I stay there. And also it's, it is a pretty, you know, in the mornings it's pretty low key. So it's kind of fun to go in there and it's stress-free. Yeah, I actually, this is a really, um, cool point to bring up that, you know, one of the things that we try to do with the Kenza pod and just with Kenza in general is to bring creative solutions to people um, and to show people that there are ways to piece different things together. And what I like about your story is that you are working with your employer to kind of do this hybrid model of working for yourself while also still getting the benefits of another job and the security of that. Um, and maybe someday there'll be a tipping point where you'll just be a baller you know, real estate agent, you'll be like, see you later, Trader Joe's. But you know, yeah. in the meantime, this has provided you with kind of the best of both worlds. And so I just want our listeners to hear that and see like, maybe you can talk to your employer and maybe you can go part-time there and you can go part-time and ease into freelancing. Like there are creative ways to do this. Beth, do you have anything you wanted to add? Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I just wanted to say, you know, the name of the game is bringing income into your household, however you need to, and making sure that your your bills are covered while you yeah. pursue, pursue your dreams. I, I know on a previous episode, I talked about how when I was getting started with my business, a friend of mine was a caterer and I'd work catering jobs with her, you know, just to pay a couple extra bills. And um, there's nothing wrong with that. In fact, that actually helps people move closer to their dreams. And also the fact that you have your benefits covered is really important too. So that's a, that's a good way to do it. Yeah. And it's also benefited me with, you know, relationships with people that I have worked with and um, people that come into the store because it's such a, you know, most traders are very unique and neighborhood driven. So a lot of people get to know me 
and you know, they're like, Oh, you're in real estate. I have this, I have this. And you know, it's getting the name out there and starting any business is difficult. So it's just, it's helped in that sense as well, because I've actually had the pleasure of working with, I think three people that I've worked with currently. So yeah, like I said, there's a lot of people, you know, like you, um, I just, whatever works best for each family and each person, you just, like you said, bring an income in and that's kind of the name of the game. So, yeah. So what was the journey like to becoming an agent? Um, do you have to take classes or how does that work? Yeah, good question. Um, so basically, uh, there are online courses you can take or you can take them at any city college, state college. You just have to meet a certain amount of hours and uh, specific courses that you can take. And you can find those online, even if you go on Google and search, you know, I want to become a real estate agent. It's fairly easy to get um, those courses, take those courses. It does take some money up front. And then um, once you pass the online courses, you do have to take a state test. And then once you pass that test, um, you take that and you have to start or hang your license with a broker. So currently, um, I do have a partner, Brandon Smith. We are um, Smith Ambergoon Realty Group, but our broker is Coldwell and Banker. Once you hang your license with a broker, you become an agent and then you can start, you know, selling. You can help people sell their homes. You can help people buy homes. You can help investors. But basically the main thing is to take those online courses to get certified, to take that state test, and then you become a licensed real estate agent. So could, do you have to, if you move to like Georgia, would you have to redo the Georgia state test to be able to do real estate there? Yes. Uh, you would have to get licensed in each state. I think I could be wrong, but my understanding is if you become a broker in California, you can also work in Nevada, but I, I might be wrong on that. I'll double check. But, um, yeah, but if you do move to different States laws, all they're all different. So you do have to, um, you do have to take the exam for each state and um, and pass those to buy or sell uh, or to help people buy and sell in those specific states. That makes sense. Yeah. How long there, do the courses take? Or is it like a semester or is it like a year? No. Uh, so each, each um, yeah, there's three mandatory ones that you have to take in the beginning. And each of those, they make you wait 18 days between tests online. So there's a minimum 18 days for those. And then you have two elective tests. So it usually takes, I mean, I would just say around three to four months to take those. And then you have to schedule out uh, a time to go take your state exam. And I know with everything going on with COVID, there's been a freeze because my business partner, Brandon, was going to take his broker's exam um, earlier this year. And he ended up having to put that on hold. So, um, like I would probably start to finish. I mean, you could probably get everything done and get your real estate license within, I'd probably say four to five months. Okay. That's not, that's not too bad. No, Um, not at all. And, and you obviously, I mean, how old were your girls when you were doing that? They must've been babies, right? Yeah. So when, um, when I was taking the test, we only had, um, my oldest at the time, Elliot. And then, um, yeah, I was just juggling that. I was taking, I was studying in the mornings. I was going into, into work. I was studying all my lunches and I was doing it as fast as, as I possibly could. And then the state exam, um, I actually had to take that twice. I did not pass it my first time. 
just because there's so much that you're learning and you think there's a lot of math involved, you think there's going to be this, you think there's going to be that, but it's a lot of legal work and a lot of the, the law that they kind of, you know, hone in on, on this test. So there's just a few things going into that first one, maybe a little anxiety, but um, yeah, it did take me two times and uh, it was a little difficult, you know, juggling, but I'm very thankful. Melissa was very flexible with her work and she was able to take Elliot into her work and help me out. So that was very helpful. Yeah, I was going to say, I mean, you were juggling a diff- another job, supporting yeah. your wife and her business. You had a baby at home, a new baby, newish baby, your new dad, you know, yeah. <laughs> and trying to pass this exam. So, I mean, hope you weren't too hard on yourself. <laughs> no, not at all. But no, it's exciting. And like I said, and if anyone's like looking to get in, there's a lot of resources. And what I found in the business too is a lot of agents and brokers are very helpful to each other. You know, so if, you know, people have questions or if they have um, anything, they should just reach out and, you know, like all the social media platforms have been very helpful as well. There's a lot of different um, real estate groups, investing groups and things like that. So everyone's been very helpful to answer a lot of questions and it's made the transition to becoming more of a full-time real estate agent very easy. Yeah, that's an interesting point. I've actually wondered about that if like, because in my experience, we've we've bought a house and we are now in the process of selling a house. And it seems like that it's a very relationship driven type of industry. It's kind of all about, yeah. what you know, which as as the client, I, I don't really like that because I'm like, who's talking to who and what are they saying? But um I was curious about what it's like on the other side of it in terms of the relationships. Like, is it more cutthroat? Is it, but it sounds like it's a little bit more helpful because you probably want people on your side when you need them or what is that kind of back end like besides behind the veil that clients don't get to see? Honestly, I would say 90 to 95% of the agents and brokers that I've worked with have been very helpful, very nice. And I think we all have the same goal. You know, we want to help our clients out. We want to make sure we get the best, you know, deal on both sides, you know, we want to make sure everyone's happy at the end, because if they're not, they're not going to refer you or they're probably not going to want to come back and work with you. And that's like, that's like the worst part, you know, you want to make sure you have those relationships with your clients that they tell other people that they had a great experience or, um, you know, and just, it's just one of those things that you just want to make sure that if you're helping the other agent to help your client, it's just going to work out in the end for both parties. Yeah. So like I said, most agents are there to help and answer any questions. And um, like I said, we just have the same goal on both ends is to make sure both parties are happy. So whether you're selling or investing or buying, it's all the agents, brokers, we pretty much all work together. Win-win solution. That's what we always advocate for here at Kenza Collective, right, Tiff? That's right. Win-win. Win-win-win. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's, fun. it's good. Um, what do you wish someone would have told you when you were considering doing this? Is there anything that you kind of learned the hard way? Uh, I would say there's probably the two main things is the upfront cost. So there are costs in taking those exams and then a cost to taking the state exam every time you take it. And I mean, once you get your license, you need business cards, you're going to need open house signs. Sometimes the brokers will provide those, but most of the time they will have, you know, they'll provide you with cards, but the open house signs might have their name on it or their phone number. And like I said, just, I think the upfront cost, because who knows when your first, you know, commission check might come in. 
I think it took me 11 months to close my first deal. Mm. So, I mean, that's almost a whole year if you think you're going to jump into it, you know, start right away and you're like, okay, I'm going to give myself four months and close the deal. It's, you know, it, it is difficult and you shouldn't, don't get down on yourself. You know, I was definitely getting a little upset because I was, I was out, you know, knocking on doors, passing out flyers, trying to meet as many people as I can. But um, I'm sure you guys know, and you've talked to a lot of people, a lot of people know real estate agents. It's just one of those things. A lot of people have just gone into the business and they want to get their license. And it's kind of hard to build that trust and build that the relationships in a community where people trust coming to work with myself or Brandon. So those are probably the two main things, the upfront costs and just you know, the patience and the time it takes to get your first deal and get the ball rolling. So who was your first client? How did, how did that come about? So when I first started out, um, I was working, uh, with Intero. Um, they're kind of in the, probably big in the Bay area where you're at Tiffany. So Intero real estate, um, there was a client there who she was actually working with our broker, my broker, but he ended up asking if I wanted to help her out. So I actually got a referral from my broker to help her out. Awesome. So it was kind of cool. It was just, you know, get my feet wet. He was there to help me kind of coach me through everything because, you know, just when you're getting your feet wet, there's a lot of things that you need to learn and you need to read over and you're prepared. But once you're actually in it, things just change. There's a lot of questions that come up that you were like, Oh, okay. I'm not sure about that. Um, let me double check, but it's nice to have someone there that's been in the business for, you know, 10, 15, 20 years to answer those questions. And it, after that, you feel a lot more comfortable after you, I'd say after your third deal, you feel, you'll feel comfortable enough to kind of just do things on your own. But there's questions that come up that you just, you never really expected, or even taking those exams, they don't really uh, prepare you for. Yeah, because you know, I mean, the exams sound like there were a lot of the the legal and and whatever side, but it's like you're working with people, and yeah. this can be a very emotional. This is a very emotional, pretty stressful for a lot of people. The biggest deal they've ever done in their lives. They're they're you know what's on the line, and yeah, um, yeah. If you don't have that kind of those soft skills, that emotional intelligence, that ability to really connect with people and try and understand where they're coming from, like that's going to be difficult, you know? Yeah. Like you said, especially, you know, where we're located in Northern California, it's, you know, homes aren't cheap. So it's, it's, it's very nerve wracking when you're spending, you know, 400, 500 plus, you know, up to a million dollars on a home, you know, it can be very stressful for people. And especially a lot of people when they're first time home buyers, they just, when you're studying for that exam or you're reading all, everything online, they, they ask a lot of questions that don't come on there. So it's just, you know, it's nice to, have people that you can lean on to and ask those questions or get advice from. So, so it sounds like yeah. having a mentor is something that could be very, very helpful. And that maybe if you're considering this and you want to get going and you want to try and have that uh, first sale happen sooner rather than later, maybe it would be a good idea to identify that mentor uh, sooner rather than later and, and see, you know, maybe you can get something going faster, get a referral, split the commission or shadow yeah. them or do something that kind of gets the ball rolling a little bit faster. Could, could be one piece of advice for people. It sounds like. Yeah, no, exactly. Like you said, if you get a, if you can get a referral or even work with another agent, which I found some agents when I was working, when I started out with Entero is they would have a listing and it was their listing, but I asked if I would be able to name 
or put my name on the bottom of their listing with my name and phone number. So it was just kind of getting my name out there and it quote unquote looked like I had a listing, but I didn't. So if anyone drove by and they can call me, then it was a chance for me to talk to them and hopefully meet with them and drum up my business that way. So you just have to kind of see what works best for you and you have to be out there. You know, it's kind of hard being a real estate agent and being silent. You don't want to be a silent agent because you never know. You never know what's going to happen. And like, I still do things, you know, I incorporate my, my daughters in my business. Like we'll go out, we'll walk the dog, we'll take flyers and drop them off at people's doorsteps just so, you know, they see us out on the street. And if anyone, my neighbors have questions, they all know I do real estate so they can just come knock on my door, or give me a call or an email, but you know, just let as many people as you know, you know, in a polite way, not a salesy person way, but just let them know like, Hey, this is what I do. And a lot of people, you know, will reach out or that at least they'll let people know what you do. And then you can go from there and it's, you know, kind of your time to, see if you can help them buy or sell. But yeah, the refer it's a referral business and it's definitely hard to get into and it's, but it's fun. It's challenging and exciting. Awesome. Yeah. I love that. It's like, you want to be just top of mind, whatever that yes. is when people are like, Oh, do you know an agent? Actually my neighbor who's really cool and has these, this super cute family. They have, yeah, Kevin, you know, I see you using your cute girls to get business, Kevin. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I have to use them. Trust me, because I know when I go on those social media websites, I get more likes or comments when I'm posting either my wife or my two girls. So I'm like, okay. <laughs> they're all gorgeous, by the way. Oh, thank you. You're so nice. But yeah, I was trying to. We have like these shirts that we, uh, Brandon and I wear, and we hand them out. And uh, I just need to get them in kid sizes now, so my kids can just be billboards for me walking around. But there you go. That's that's our next thing. So I'll have to send them to you guys as well for the little ones. Yeah, yeah. My daddy does real estate. It just should say it on there. Yeah. Oh yeah, I like that. See. <laughs> Speaking of Brandon, um, who is also a lawyer, and we're going to talk to in a few weeks about AB five, which is a new law in California. Um, how has this partnership worked, and why did you decide to partner with someone? So the, uh, the partnership has worked, uh, has worked great. And Brandon and I have um, known each other since middle school. And I was in real estate um, before we partnered up for about two and a half years. And Brandon and I have just always stayed in contact. Um, I actually play um, in a fantasy football league with Brandon and Tiffany's husband and a few other close friends of ours. And um it was just, we were talking one day, he passed the bar exam and he was like, I really wanted to get into real estate. You know, what if we just team up? He also has two younger daughters and um, our daughters have always played and we've always been close. So it just seemed like a, a good match. And he's like, you know, I'm going to drum up this LLC. And a lot of these things that he wanted to do and start up when starting a business, I had no idea what, it, what they were about. So I've learned a ton from Brandon and kind of like when listening to your guys' podcast and um, what you guys are doing that you guys know, like he's been teaching me throughout, you know, the last four or five years. And it's just been, it's been wonderful, but um, it just helps out a lot because if something's going on with him, with his family or um, vice versa, we, we just help each other out. You know, we're a great team. Like, Hey, Brandon, um, we use, you know, the calendar, Google calendar. We put all of our, um, inspections or any meetings that we have. And if something pops up for him or I, we're very flexible and we just will, you know, step in and we'll help. And I think it also is very helpful for our clients as well, knowing that they have not just one person to go to, but two people. And we're in the same loop about everything we talk. 
I'd say pretty much every day and just kind of update each other with what's going on with, with work and life. And, um, I think that's very helpful as well for the clients because, you know, if he's on vacation, I'm on vacation. One of us will just step in and it will just be easy for the clients to, you know, keep the ball rolling and try to, you know, just make, like I said, make this process as easy as possible for, um, for our clients. That's kind of our goal. Yeah. I think that's a really interesting thing on one of our recent podcasts. We just talked about the, um, just the importance of community and the the importance of tapping into your network and into your friends and like-minded people and how helpful that can be. And, you know, partnerships can come out of it or side gigs or referrals or anything like that. Just, yeah, again, just going back to the relationships and the community aspect of juggling all of this, um, this freelancing while parenting juggling act we're all doing. (laughs) Yeah, it can, it can be challenging. So like, like I said, if, if, you know, his wife, she's with a kid, she works too. And so does my wife. So it's just, I think it's just trying to help each other out and, you know, in both families, because it can, it can be tough, and especially now, you know, like, I mean, with the whole homeschooling, I'm lucky that, you know, Melissa's here to do most of that work. And I'm lucky that I do have family around. So uh, if I need to drop, you know, any of my daughters off, you know, my mother-in-law, my mom's been very helpful, my sister-in-law. So it's been very helpful, but it's also nice too. My clients have been very, very open to letting me bring my kids. If we know if I have an inspection or if I have to pick up keys or do anything for them, they've, everyone's been very, very, you know, nice. And like, no, I had, no, bring your daughters, bring them. It's okay. So that's been awesome. And uh, nice. yeah, I love it. So you've been able to balance uh, family yeah. life. Yeah. And it's, you know, it's one of those things that I think most of us are having to do right now is just make sure that we can, you know, make things work for the family and for the little ones as well. Cause it's kind of, yeah, it's been different. That's for sure. And so is your wife, um, she owns a salon. Is that, is that what she does? Is she able yeah. to be working right now or is she off because of the pandemic? Yeah. Unfortunately they are closed down. Yeah. They, they were reopened, I think for five weeks, and then they had to close down. So unfortunately, yeah, they are closed down. So, um, I mean, to turn into a positive, at least she gets to stay home with our, with, um, Elliot and she just started school today. So, um, we'll see how that goes whenever she's done. <laughs> and then, um, we do have a youngest daughter, Perry, who goes to a Montessori school. So they have been open majority of this time. They closed down, I think for a month. So Perry has been attending that and they spread out the classes and that's been very helpful too. So one thing that I've always wondered about when it comes to agents is like, it's, it seems like it must be hard to have boundaries, like healthy boundaries with your clients just because of how fast things can move or how many questions come up or, you know, sometimes you're reviewing offers late at night and you need to quickly get an answer back. It's just like kind of this wild process. Has that been, how have you maintained boundaries with your clients? You know, if you're in the middle of dinner with your kids, is it just kind of come with the territory? You just need to go deal with this client real quick or what do you do about that? Yeah, I think, I think so. I think it kind of comes, like you said, with the territory. And I also, I'm very lucky. Um, Melissa's very understanding. She understands if I have a work call, I just say, Hey, work call. And she gets it. She's like, okay, go take it. And when she was working, um, I mean, my AirPods have been a lifesaver. You know, I just have my phone in the charger. I'm, you know, cooking dinner with the girls and I just say, Hey girls, I have a work call. They understand, 
you know, they'll just be playing and I just kind of take the call in the other room. But um, yeah, it just with the territory, you just kind of, you have to be there for your clients. And if you can't talk at that moment, everyone's pretty understanding. Just shoot them a text and say, Hey, can I call you in 20, 30 minutes? And I would say everyone's, yeah, everyone's understanding. Everyone understands that we all have lives and it's been, yeah, I would say there's no struggle there whatsoever, but it is one of those things where like last week I had um, a client's looking to move back from Texas and, you know, two hour time difference. And I said, you know, they're going to be reviewing offers seven o'clock our time, you know, it's nine o'clock at night there and she wants to hear something. And I ended up having to text her, Hey, I'll call you in the morning and let you know. And she's like, no, no, I'll stay up. I'll stay up. And you know, she ended up saying, I think close to midnight and we got the answer that we got our offer accepted, but you know, so everyone's just, everyone's different, but it does, you know, there's no hours, you know, it just, I've had emails, phone calls as early as, you know, 6.30 a.m. But I would say most people in the real estate work from 8 a.m. to 8 p.m. are kind of the hours. So Yeah. So it's like you're trading <clears throat> the flexibility and the working for yourself and just, you know, going into it with a mindset of like, I need to just kind of accept that this is kind of a all the time job and you need yeah. to do what's best for your clients while balancing what's best for your family and, and not try and resist that too much. I think for me, it would, I would be, have a harder time with that. Cause I'm like, no, no, I'm done. I'm not talking to clients right now, you know, but I think other people could definitely make that work. So thanks for sharing how that kind of goes down. Yeah. And I think you have to be in this business. You have to be someone that wants to be, you know, I'm, I'm kind of a people person. I like talking to people. I've, you know, pretty much, all of my jobs have been in the public talking with people, interacting with clients. And, you know, I don't mind honestly talking on the phone or, you know, being on my phone, sending text message. I don't find it being that big of a deal. So um, I think you just have to get used to that. If you're going to be a real estate agent, you just have to be around your phone and use those tools to make life easier. But, um, you know, people are going to have questions and if they can't get a hold of you, I think they're going to be frustrated and say, I'm just going to go to someone that has time for me. And I don't want that to happen. You know, I want to treat my clients how I, I would want to be treated. I know when I bought my first house or I haven't sold my house, but when I bought my first house, I had a lot of questions and there was a lot of concerns and, you know, I, I want to make sure I treat all of our clients how I want to be treated and give them all of that, you know, time and information that they're looking for. So. I have a question because I'm a financial person um, okay. and our people out there in listener land may be wondering, how do real estate agents get paid? So if you're looking to purchase a home, we actually get paid off of the split that the seller um, negotiated with the selling agent. So it depends on what the commission split is there. But typically if I'm helping a buyer, on the buyer side and we end up closing the house and we record, uh, we'll end up getting a percentage of the total price. And that all depends on, like I said, if uh, whatever the listing agent um, negotiated with their clients, you know, a lot of people standard is anywhere from six to 5%. Mm. So it'll be 6% or 5% of the closing or whatever the house sold for. And then that split between both agents. So if, you know, house sold for, you know, $500,000, it would be, you know, let's say if it was 5% for the selling agent, it would be two and a half both ways. So it just depends. Like each, each deal is different, you know, and even if you go to say you're going to be purchasing a, a new build. So if there's new construction, sometimes if uh, we've represented buyers on that side, those are just flat commission fees. So if you bring a buyer in, they'll have a, you know, a, it's going to be 
5,000 or 8,000 or 9,000 flat commission fee. So sometimes it goes that way. So it just differs. It's, it's all different. You know, I've even helped clients uh, purchase, you know, homes for $90,000. And, you know, I think the commission was after the splits and the, um, some of the other taxes that come out or, you know, the fees that we pay to our broker, you know, I think it was like $800, but still, you know, you learn a little from every single deal. So it's just whatever you can take, you'll take. I know I've, I, I'm not in this place, but I've met some agents that are like, no, I don't really want to work with buyers that are buying around 200 or 3000. You know, it's like, I'll take any client anywhere and help them any way I can. So, um, but yeah, commissions are just very, it's different to every single, um, purchase or sale. And so you end up just after the house records, you end up getting a check at some point from your broker, I guess. Yeah. The, yeah. So the title company will disperse a check to um, where all the money goes and then we'll, they'll, uh, our broker will get the check and then they'll end up mailing it to myself. And then um, my business partner and I have everything set up under Smith and Bergen LLC. So Brandon set that all up and then we have our own accounts and um, we track all of our money going in there and, you know, it's just easier for any, anything that we need to spend out of for the business, it just goes straight out of those accounts and it just makes it so much easier instead of having our personal accounts mixed in. So that's kind of how we deal with our finances there. And, you know, if we ever need to take some money, him and I talk about it and, you know, we can take some cash here and there, but most of the time we just kind of save, save up because you never know what's going to happen. You know, we use a lot of that money putting it back into advertising and trying to get our name out there. So Beth, do you have any other financial related questions? This is all so interesting. I know it is. I, I have like a million more questions I could ask, but I know. No, no, it, it is. Focused. No, no, it is. It's, it's a fun industry to get into because there's so many different things you can do. And I think that's kind of what drew um, my partner into it, Brandon, um, just because he's, you know, he just has all these ideas and all these things that he wants to do going into investing. And um, I think there's just so much you know, in the real estate world where people can just get their license and grow any way they want. So it's an awesome industry to get into, but it also is, I don't want it to turn you on. It just gets, you know, it's a little difficult to get rolling and, and started. So, um, yeah, as long you know, the, the best thing I could say is, you know, your friends and family, they help a lot getting your name out there. It's, it's so helpful. And I'm very thankful for all the people that have supported, supported myself and Brandon throughout the years, because, you know, it's, it's hard, you know, starting any business, it's difficult. So it's just very thankful for those people around you that help you. Yeah. Have you guys experimented with, um, like doing any sort of content marketing or, you know, what is, what is other than word of mouth? Have you guys experimented with other types of, you know, online advertising or doing stuff like free webinars to get your name out there anything like that? Yeah, so that's something we actually have outlined right now that we're going to be starting um, just some like courses and some uh, online content for people for first time home buyers. And um, we're in the works of that right now. We're actually talking with some people. So we don't have a, everything concrete, but that'll be on our website. Um, hopefully, I would say probably beginning of next year, maybe mid next year, but it's something that we want that we'll be able to use and um, advertise. But as of right now, it's just mostly kind of like word of mouth. We'll run some Facebook ads. We have uh, done some advertising with a Zillow and Redfin to see which one we liked more. And um, 
they've, they've worked, but a lot of people on there, um, I don't know, it's kind of like spam. You know, people will call you and then they'll be like, oh, I thought I was actually t- talking to the listing agent. Um, I already have an agent. So um, we're just trying to find our niche and find what, what we can do and works best for us. But yeah, you do have to kind of go out there and spend some money to see what works. But a lot of those platforms like Zillow and Redfin, they are they are pretty expensive. So hmm. just so people know if they have any questions about advertising there. Are you finding any differences now during the pandemic? Like I know my parents just sold a house a few months ago and there was a time when like nobody could come and look and no, you know, because of pandemic concerns. Are things kind of back to normal in real estate right now, now that everybody understands about masks and hand sanitizer and all of that or Uh, getting, getting back to normal. The only thing is uh, still no open houses where we're we're at in uh, Sacramento County, Placer County, so no open houses, which I love open houses, honestly, because you meet a lot of new people. People come in and see, you know, your listing or you can do open houses for other agents. And it's just a great way to meet people. And um, that's one thing that we can't do. But I would have to say it's actually been a lot more busy just because of you. I mean, a lot of people stay up to speed with real estate, the low interest rates, um, inventory in the Sacramento area is very low. So it's been very busy when anything pops up. I mean, it goes very, very quick. Cause we have a lot of the people from, you know, the Bay area that are just coming out here for uh, cheaper prices and with everyone, not everyone, but a lot of people now that can work from home, they're like, Oh, I don't have to work in the city or around the city. I can, you know, live an hour, two hours away and still get all my job done. So we've seen a lot of people move from the Bay area out here, which has, it's been keeping us busy, but it's also probably the low interest rates as well. I mean, they are very low. I just had a client, like I said, last week, we got our offer accepted. And I think her interest rate is uh, 2.7%. So it's a very low interest rate, like all time low. And it's been very busy for a lot of people. And I'm sure, I don't know, Tiffany, you guys probably had a lot of uh, people looking at your house, correct? Yeah, we had almost 30 showings over the span of four days. Yeah. It was absolute insanity. It was every half hour, like bookings of people coming in and out. Um, And then we had five offers all over asking within like eight days of it even being on the market. Yeah. So that's kind of how it is right now. It's, it's, it's insane where a lot of people are like, you know, how is it doing or, you know, how's the real estate market doing? That's probably the main question or when should I buy or when should I sell, Mm -hmm. you know? And, I mean, you just don't know whatever my advice is. I mean, there is, I guess there is a perfect time, but whatever works best for you and your family, you know, I guess that's when the time is perfect because there is no, I can't give you an exact date. That's probably the number one question I get is, Oh, should should I buy next year? I feel like the economy is going to just, you know, collapse. And it's like, you know, I, that I can't tell you, you know, I don't know, but whatever works best for you and your family, you should do and, you know, go from there it's just a crazy world right now that we're in. And especially in real estate, my neighbor had their house up and I know it sold within two days and I think they had 16 offers. So. Yeah. There was a, I was talking to my chiropractor yesterday and she said her, like one of her clients had 17 offers within a couple of years. So yeah, it's just total insanity. And then it'll be interesting to see what, what happens then. Like we're planning to rent for a little while because ultimately we're trying to move out of the country, but um, yeah. what's the rental market going to be like? Is that going to now become saturated? Are we going to regret this decision? You know, we kind of took a little bit of a leap of faith, but 
yeah. so far it's paid off okay. <laughs> so we'll see what happens. Tiffany, do you mind if I ask you a question or you and Beth, yeah. if you guys have worked with real estate agents and just to give us some kind of, like what kind of things would you have wished you known or that would have worked better for you when listing your house or going to buy a house? I would say um, for me, because I come from a project management and client management background, one of the things that I have felt that was lacking from the experience was just sort of like a knowledge and upfront knowledge of the process and where we are in that point. Of course, the agents we've worked with have always been very helpful in answering our questions. But my mantra when I manage clients is that I don't I don't want them to have to ask me so many questions if it's something that I could have already answered for them or told them ahead of time. So I've actually had this idea. You guys, you can take this, Kevin, and it maybe exists okay. already. I haven't looked for this, but I feel like there is a project management software that should exist. Like I said, maybe it does for real estate agents where you can load your clients in and you basically like have a timeline and it like shows where they're at in the timeline and kind of like what to expect next. Like that's always been okay. my biggest complaint is like, what now? Okay. What now? Okay. What now? Like I don't like to have, when we have a toddler and both of us are juggling working from home and managing clients, like I don't like to have things sprung on me that could have been told to me ahead of time. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, so yeah, just definitely. like knowing what's next that. in the process, that has always been my, like, I don't want to have to keep asking and bugging like, okay, now what, now what, you know, just, just, tell me where are we at? This is what's going to happen next. This is what's going to happen after that. Here's what you can expect. So anyway, okay. that's my biggest piece of feedback. <laughs> no, that, that's good. And that, that's good to know. Trust me. Like, cause I know Brandon will be listening to this and um, I'm sure other people that want to be agents. So that's very helpful uh, to us. Cause that's one of the questions we usually ask too afterward is, you know, we ask our clients like, Hey, what could we have done better? You know, because we're not perfect and we want to grow and we want to get better. And that's the only way to grow and get better is get that you know, get that feedback. So it's always very helpful. So I appreciate that, Tiffany. Yeah, yeah, no problem. Beth, do you have anything to add to that? I know you went through a lot trying to get your parents out of that house, right? Yeah, well, I, I want to say that, Tiffany, I think what you just said is is useful in any industry, actually. Um, yeah. You know, any any kind of consultant that you're going to be, I think it's, it is important to help your your client or your customers manage their expectations. And um, I find working with finance, you know, I, I find that people are sometimes somewhat terrified and, and it's good to kind of say, well, here's what to expect. And then this will happen and we'll file this and then that will that, you know, and it is good to sort of let people know what's coming. I think that's, that's good advice across the boards. And, um, as far as real estate, I don't happen to own a home, but I did just, um, watch my parents sell theirs. And um, they had a they had a good, really helpful, uh, um, as my mom says, she's an older person. And she says, he's young and full of energy. And so I think, <laughs> I think they, liked, they liked that. He was helpful. There were some things at the end, some loose ends. You know, we were trying to have them move during the pandemic. And there were some things that like Goodwill was closed and some things had to get thrown out. And at the very end, I was trying to help, but you know, I'm working too. And at the very end, there was like five items that like we couldn't figure out where to take them. And this guy was just like, I will make them disappear. <laughs> you know, and that was so disappear fun. your stuff for you. Yeah, I will make those five items disappear. So it was really <laughs> helpful. And it was, you know, he, who knows, he threw them in a dumpster somewhere or something. But, but it was really helpful for them. And they were able to wrap it up and, and then leave town, which was their plan. 
um, and know that everything was handled. So I think that was important too. Awesome. And, and Tiffany, I'll, I'll let your, your, your guys' listeners know if they do have any questions or want to reach out, I know probably in your show notes, um, my email will be in there. They can, you know, feel free to give me an email, contact me and I'm willing, you know, I'll answer any questions that they might be, might have thought of or that popped up that we didn't answer on the podcast and, you know, I'll reach out to them and let them know and help in any way that I can. Thanks, Kevin. That's awesome. That's great. Yeah. Yeah. Here at the collective, we're trying to help each other. That's right. Win-win solutions for everybody. Yeah, of course. And that's, that's why I love your guys' platform. Cause I know, you know, to, to get in these businesses or start businesses, like you do need a lot of people around you that support you and give you, you know, honest feedback. So I love what you guys are doing and continue doing it. It's a good, uh, good platform. Thank you. I did have an epiphany this morning. Uh Oh, Tiffany had an epiphany Uh (laughs) about these. So you want to be as, so there's this book called designing your life. Um, it's a really cool book. I would highly recommend checking it out. It's called designing your life. Um, a couple of Stanford professors, um, written by a couple of Stanford professors and they also teach the class. It's one of the most popular classes there. But anyway, one of the things that they talk about in the book, when you're trying to figure out what your next steps might be, either in life or in your career is to do some informational interviews, you know, set up a time to grab coffee or buy someone lunch or something and just pick their brain about it. And my, um, my epiphany was that this is the, so you want to be a episodes are really that, you know, we're sitting down and having a, a cup of coffee basically with different people doing different things and trying to provide ideas and thoughts and um, potential paths for our listeners. So um, yeah, that was my epiphany. <laughs> well, yeah. And we're also, we're, we're also introducing real people to them. And, and, and most of the people that we've talked to so far have been very receptive to anybody contacting them with further questions. And so, and Kevin just uh, offered that as well. So it is, it is good. We're, we're sort of introducing um, some listeners to, to some real folks that are doing these jobs. So uh, I'm happy that we're able to do that too. Yeah. Good. Well, um, are there any other last tips or pieces of advice or anything that you want to share with our listeners who are curious about this particular career path? Yeah. I mean, you know, after, I mean, we had a long conversation, but I would say if you are looking to get into the industry and you want to be a real estate agent, you know, talk to as many people that are in the industry or people that you know and do what's best for you. Cause I know like you were talking about books that you've read or podcasts that you listen to. Some people are like, if you want something, you want to do it, you got to quit everything and do it a hundred percent. You know, like I was thinking about doing that, but no, saying that Trader Joe's worked best for me and my family and it's still working um, good for us. So whatever works best for your situation and what you want to do, I say, do that. You know, there's not, a wrong or right answer of doing it. But um, yeah, that's pretty much it. Just, you know, it's a difficult industry to get into, but once you get into it, it's, it's awesome. It's fun. You'll meet a lot of, a lot of people and, and there are a lot of people out there that want to help. So use, use that as a resource. I love it. That's perfect. Beth, do you have anything else to say? I think that's I think that's just so fantastic. And uh, it, it, it sounds like um, the, the message for the day is everybody work together. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Awesome. Well, you can find Kevin and Brandon's uh, business website is smithburgoon.com. 
Burgoon is B-U-R-G-O-O-N.com. So if you are looking to uh, purchase or sell a home in the Sacramento area, please go check them out, smithburgoon.com. We will, of course, link to um, that website and Kevin's email in our show notes, and we will tag them on social so you can go follow along there. If you have any other questions, be sure to email us, tiffany at kenzacollective.com. Head over to our website, sign up for our newsletter so you stay up to date on all the great resources we're releasing for you. If there is someone else that you want us to find and talk to uh, for the So You Want to Be a podcast series, please let us know. We'd be happy to go find that person or at least do our best to do that. Follow us on Instagram at Kenza Collective as well as Twitter. And uh, we hope you have a great day and we will talk to you next time. 